Today's episode of the Goldcast is sponsored by all of those ridiculous overreactions to the first game of week one. Now, first of all, I told you, Goldcast Nation, we were going to lose this game. So everyone needs to calm down. Everyone needs to relax. The season isn't over. All right? I thought we were going to win it. I know you did. I know you did. Trust me, it doesn't make me happy at all. And we weren't too far away from that either. We weren't too far away. And it doesn't make me happy at all that we lost. But we did, and that's okay. And so all I'm saying, this episode is sponsored by those overreactions. Everyone, just calm down. Take a breath. We're going to be fine. Raymond, why don't you let them know where they can find us? You can like us on Facebook.com slash The Goldcast. You can also follow us on Twitter at The Goldcast underscore you can also follow us on Instagram at the Goldcast, and you can also subscribe to us via iTunes, YouTube, and Stitcher, all under the same moniker of the Goldcast. Um, all right, so we're gonna get into it. We are going to talk about Week One, the overreactions, the uh, the jump to conclusions. Uh, we're gonna look at some stats. We're gonna talk about the good and the bad, and then of course we're gonna look ahead to week two but before we get started gold cast intro let's get busy san francisco are you ready this is the gold cast boom welcome to another edition of the gold cast we are the voice of the faithful i'm your host rudy salisa third and with me is my brother my co-host raymond salisa first baby Boom. Let's go. Oh my gosh. First, let's just wipe our hands clean of week one. It's over. Tough matchup against a team that was one win away from the Super Bowl last year. Here we are. Raymond, let's first, I want you to focus on the good and then we'll talk about the negative because we've heard the negative all week. Let's focus on the good. What were the good things that you saw from Sunday week one? Uh, I think I speak for most fans when I talk about the defense. This is a team that, if you negate some of the offensive turnovers that led to points, this team essentially yielded uh, 17 points, you know, one point more than we did. And a lot of that was due to the fact that the um, the Vikings the Vikings rushing game was never really was never really established. I mean, combined it took it took three backs for them to accumulate a hundred yards. But uh, Latavius Murray only had forty two yards on the ground off of eleven attempts. Uh, Cook only had forty yards off sixteen attempts. Kirk Cousins rushed four different times. He, in fact, Kirk Cousins was their most effective rusher all game. Um, he was the one. In fact, uh, he had the second longest run of the game. I think Cook had one that was 15 yards, and Murray had one that was about nine yards. That's about as all as he got. But the running game was not super effective. But I, I know that Minnesota likes to run by committee, similar to the way we do, and they like to pass as well as run their one running backs. But that led to you know, more passing situations, less play action. And I think, you know, our game, our running game struggled too, by the way, we didn't, we didn't have an easy showing on them, but 
I thought pass rush and running defense was really good. I thought the passing defense was shaky, and that's where I think we're going to have most of our woes pretty much all year long because I think that our secondary suspect. But uh, Fred Warner came out and played like Reuben Foster. He led the team in tackles with 11, also had a forced fumble and a tackle for a loss. So he great ball instincts, great ability to read the lanes read the running lane and shoot um uh deforest buckner starting to look like the deforest buckner we were hoping for he pretty much had three sacks although statistically he shared the last sack with ronald blair who i'm glad to see in the lineup because i think he's a, a good pass rushing threat threat to have in there you know still need solomon thomas to really kind of step into that role and you know kind of become the player that we hope him to be i still think there's a lot of promise for him i just think that you know he's still kind of i mean it's week one too so there's no need to overreact but i think there's still room for him to grow and really kind of get into the groove that's really gonna kind of allow him to shine in the same fashion that the forest buckner has shined in this week and and um and that's kind of what i saw i saw fred i mean Thinking of Fred Warner kind of gets me the most excited because when Reuben Foster comes back, that has the same instinctual ball instincts. Having these two in tandem, because I don't, I think you sit down Brock Coyle, who gets beat constantly and can't break off of his blocks and is very ineffective for the most part, hence why he's a backup, should definitely remain the backup when Reuben Foster gets back because if you have a Fred Warner and a Reuben Foster in the middle there you've got another potential you know Bowman Peterson combination there that we haven't had for a long or I'm sorry uh Bowman and um Willis combination there that we haven't had since those two you know haven't had in a while you know Bowman's Bowman's been on the decline and now he's out of football and he's hoping to get a deal with Oakland but that's I digress you know I'm really excited for the Warner Reuben Foster combination you know citing Reuben stays healthy I, I hope that he's kind of learned from last season I think he's had a lot of time off so I assume he's much healthier than he was at the beginning of this time last season so that's what I saw you know, offensively, I think the one thing that really stood out to me was Jimmy Garoppolo, Jimmy Garoppolo's ability to turn something, turn nothing into something. And that, of course, was the lone touchdown pass to our rookie, Dante Pettis. The play broke down. It was actually a mirror image of the Steve Young play from 1987 against, coincidentally, the Minnesota Vikings, where the pocket broke down really early. Steve Young kind of had to roll out opposite, uh, opposite and then actually ended up uh, running in for the touchdown versus in this case, Jimmy Garoppolo pocket broke down very instantly. He had to roll out opposite uh, side of his, uh, uh, he rolled out to his left. Steve Young rolled out to the right and, um, and then had pressure coming into his face and was off balance and just shot a perfect pass where only Dante Pettis could get it. And Dante Pettis actually had to stretch out and get it, but caught it. It was a beautiful throw, beautiful catch. And it was just an awesome example of how Jimmy Garoppolo is able to escape trouble and then quickly reassert himself into the play and not only do that, but also make the play, uh, which was obviously off script. So that's what I love to see. And, you know, just a little bit more of that you know, I think there, we're going to see a lot more of that this this season, and we're not going to see you know bonehead plays like he like he did 
today against this Vikings Steve made them look a lot better than they were because we were we were only one position away from winning this game. You take away the drop pass. Anyways, I'm gonna get I'm getting ahead of myself. I saw the defense and I saw improvisation from Jimmy Garoppolo that I saw look great. I'd curious to see what you saw before I get before we get deeper into the analysis here. Well, you know, definitely a frustrating game. The positives that I take away are the same positives you take away. Kirk Cousins sacked three times. One of my other favorite stats is you kind of mentioned it, but we'll put it together. Dalvin Cook and Latavius Murray held for or held for a total of just combined for a total of 82 yards on 27 carries. Very impressive. I like that a lot. The other big stat I really enjoyed was DeForest Buckner, who you had mentioned. Seven tackles, two and a half sacks, three QB hits, three tackles for a loss. And if you look on the other side over to the Los Angeles Rams, Aaron Donald and Endomica Sue, five tackles, one tackle for a loss total. DeForest Buckner in his opening week, more than they, those two guys combined, making a lot less money. So I like that. I like what I saw there. Um, I thought Jimmy G played pretty well, especially in the first half. He played pretty well considering, I mean, he really, God, man, he had nothing out there. A lot of drop passes in the first half that were really, really frustrating. Goodwin goes down for a while. Um, and then in the second half, uh, you know, kind of moving into the negative parts, I feel like you really, you really covered that, but the positive part, the, uh, Garoppolo forced it that Solomon Thomas jump, uh, at the line on fourth and one was just so frustrating. That was really, really tough. And it just really felt like the 49ers in, uh, really just kind of shot themselves in the, in the foot. It really looked like we had a chance to win this game. Um, I, 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 I said from the beginning, and it doesn't make me happy. I am in no way bragging about this. Let me get this, let this get this straight right now, 49er Nation, Goldcast Nation. I, I am not happy that the 49ers lost, uh, and but I, I did predict that we were going to lose. I still feel we are uh, a little bit behind a team like Minnesota. I think Minnesota is about a year, a year and a half ahead of us right now, and that's okay. That's totally fine. I, that's completely fine. Um, but what was really, I think, the most frustrating to see today or to see Sunday was that this team was in a position to win. This team was actually good enough on Sunday to win. And it was mental mistakes, forced errors, and turnovers that really shot us in the foot. And and turnovers that, you know, the that we they were all self-inflicted pretty much, you know. And so that was, I think, probably the most frustrating part. And I think that's why I want to emphasize again to the 49er faithful, just be calm, stay calm, relax, okay? It's it was week 1 and the the Niners can definitely and will definitely pay it, play better than that and I expect them to answer the bell and I don't expect this to be uh the norm. I will say uh the one the, the thing that surprised me and that that we had mentioned we've mentioned several times already is that the defense did play really well. The defense actually I thought played above what I expect them to, to play and the offense played below what I expected them to play. So I was really surprised by that dynamic because that wasn't what I was expecting. Would you agree with that? I, I I was surprised. I really did expect the defense to struggle a lot more out there than they did. They played really well. That front four is awesome. And once we get Ruben Foster back in that lineup, oh, geez, with him, like you said, with him and Fred Warner, oh, man, I can't wait. Let's go. But 
the offense really played under the level of its ability. And the other thing that really concerned me was our guards going down. McGlinchey having to move over and take over at right guard. But whatever I've been saying since the moment we traded for Garoppolo, this guy needs an O-line. He needs an O-line that can protect him at all costs. What did I say? I've said this from the beginning. When his grandmother on Thanksgiving, when she goes in for a hug, I want a lineman there to slap her arms down. I want Jimmy G to be like a bubble boy and he has he doesn't touch another human being for the next 10 years. I don't like how close he was to that porn star over the summer. That was way too close. They didn't lose five foot distance. Weakens the knees, boy. So that is, uh, that's my analysis. I wanted to hear what you think. What do you, th- what do you think about it? Were you surprised as well by the offense that the offense actually didn't live up to the expectations that they were expected to and the defense rose above their lowly expectations? I was surprised at the interceptions by Jimmy Garoppolo. I mean, he threw some last season because he does take risky throws. He's, he's, he's definitely going to mold into, you know, he has the potential to really be, you know, a gunslinger like a Brett Favre, you know, he, when, if he, if he masters his long ball throw, then, then you really start, then, you know, then over time you can, you know, potentially enter the conversation of Aaron Rodgers and Drew Brees, two of the best long ball throwers in football, if not the two best in the league, probably the two best in the league. I'd say Aaron Rodgers, number one, Drew Brees, number two. Um, They just, they do that so many times. I mean, Aaron Rodgers aired it out again in super, superhuman form against the Bears when he thought he was out, you know, for who knows how long that injury looked like it was pretty bad. But, um, but anyways, I think that's where the potential is. So I was surprised to see, you know, careless throws and a pick six of all things, you know, a backbreaking, a backbreaking uh, error that ended up that ultimately ended up being the cost of the game or at least one of them. I mean, because we ended up scoring 16. So if you take away the pick six, it still would have been 17, 16. We still would have been down by a point. But again, you go back to the Pierre Garçon dropped the ball in the end zone, hit his hands. The ball was a little bit underthrown, but it still was catchable. You have, have the George Kittle drop, which touchdown at worst would have been and set us up in the red zone for either six or three points. And you also have the fumble by Alfred Morris at the goal line that uh, could have either scored or, again, six or three points. So you have a potential of, you know, any 21, anywhere from 21 points to 12 points that uh, is taken away from the game that could have won us the game. So those are self-inflicting wounds. And that's just comes from a team that's still trying to, you know, find its identity as it relates to one another, you know, in terms of gelling and finding rhythm. This is Jimmy G's first full season with the team. So obviously I don't expect you know, that all to come together. It's not like when Jim Harbaugh took over a team that had been playing together for years and just simply said, hey, instead of this system, just do this system. This is like, uh, no, we're going to get rid of all of these guys, bring in all these new guys, draft all of these guys, and trade for these guys. And now you got to learn this really complicated system on offense and on defense. So that's that obviously takes time to gel. And there's a good chance that they can really kind of find their stride this season. And I, be- I believe they will. I think they will. And I think the uh, a loss like this is a really good kind of wake-up call. I'm glad that it happened now. I think we're going to obviously – we'll get into 
you know, next week projections. But uh, I think, you know, uh, just to uh, foreshadow a little bit, but I think next week is going to have, they're going to have a really good opportunity to kind of showcase what, what could have been um, the result of this, this week's, uh, you know, sort of painful loss to watch, especially, especially considering that it was self-inflicted more than Minnesota just kind of dominating the game. I mean, they, they, they did control aspects of the game, but it wasn't a dominant effort. It, it was a lot of a lot of stepping on your own toes kind of thing, and that's always really frustrating. Yeah, definitely, definitely Minnesota took advantage of our mistakes. I would say that's probably mm-hmm. the one thing they did, but if I was a Vikings fan, I wouldn't necessarily have walked out of this game going, oh, man, yeah, we're ready to hang with Philadelphia and the L.A. Rams. I'd still would be a little trepidatious because uh i you know i i think the 49ers showed that it was really like you said self-inflicting wounds self-inflicting wounds Ugh, frustrating all right let's move across ray I want, across the bay i want to know did you, what you thought about la rams at oakland raiders um yeah i want to hear what you thought about it i don't think about either team <laughs> But in all seriousness, uh, I thought that uh, the Raiders, you know, were kind of hanging in there with them, and then two really uncharacteristic, two really like, you know, gift wrap picks. There was the one that was designed. I think it was a miscommunication on the route that the the rookie didn't run it right. And that was kind of the impression I got from the body language, although, they, you know, I wasn't quite sure how that was, how it was truly supposed to work out. But from, from the impression I got, it really seemed like it was the, round, the wrong route was ran. And then when, when David Carr was just simply going through the motions like, all right, I need to fake right, then I'm just going to turn to my left and dunk this off. You know, the guy wasn't the receiver wasn't where he's supposed to be, and it was just an easy pick. And then the other one was just, you know, about uh, again, I guess when I'm listening to analysis app post game, it was a bad route run again, and the receiver wasn't where he's supposed to be. Although to me, it just kind of looked like he was kind of leading uh, leading his receiver a little too much for a guy like Marcus Peters, who's just going to read that all day, every day, and get you a pick if not a pick six, which is what he got. But for the most part, I'm, you know, it's week one, so I'm not going to sit here and say, oh, the Rams aren't as good as, you know, as the, this is week one. Rams didn't look great. The Raiders helped them look better than they actually looked. But again, I don't want to overreact and say that this team's going to be, you know, it's, it's good. They're going to underachieve. I don't know if they're going to overachieve. You know, they could gel later on and really kind of live up to this gamble that they're going for, you know, all or nothing kind of move here. I still think it's risky, and I still think it's not going to work out, partially because I'm biased, but also partially from just, you know, the I just don't see it. I don't see it for a variety of reasons, just because I think they're taking some risks with the character people. But overall, I mean, I didn't pay attention to the, I didn't watch the game, really. I watched the last quarter, and I watched Derek Carr kind of melt down and, and really kind of throw the game away. Again, just m- miscommunications, self-inflicted wounds, more than just like the 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 corner just was really tight coverage. The ball was where it should have been, but the corner just made an athletic move at the last second and took it away. You know, it wasn't that type of scenario. It was, you know, they they were gift wraps, you know, it was like, here, dude, it's like David Carr was playing for the other team. That's, that's how bad they looked. So 
Um, other than that, I mean, uh, I'm, I'm, I'll be more excited when the Rams play the Niners, you know, in the weeks coming ahead. So that's, that's what I'm looking forward to. Cause I think that's when both teams will kind of be on their a games because division games are always like that. October 21st is when it happens and when it gets busy, uh, the Rams in the first half, The uh, you spent a lot of time focused on the Raiders. I was really surprised. I was expecting you to focus more on the Rams. Uh, the Rams in the first half, you could see the rust. You could definitely see. I think the important thing in terms of not overreacting on the Rams is the same way. This is a team that didn't take a single snap together. The first team did not take a single snap together in preseason. And now here they are trying to gel for the first time. You could definitely see the rust in the first half. I wasn't the biggest fan of them doing that. They seem to come together a bit better in the second half. The Raiders defense did hold the offense to only 10 points in the second half. So the offense still definitely has some some gelling to do, but nevertheless did manage to route the Raiders despite being pretty rusty and despite being you know, not quite where they needed to be. Uh, but they looked good. They looked good. Only, only, uh, only uh, NFC West team to win. And it was still, it was still undetermined. I mean, it was that, it was those, those that last, the last, like, the last half of the fourth quarter that really ended up, you know, swinging the tide there from some stupid shit from the Raiders. Not that I care what whether they screw up or not, but. Just explaining, just explaining that it wasn't the Rams, you know, collective prowess that that made the game. It was just stupid shit from the other team. Just like we uncharacteristically gave the game to the Minnesota, Oakland gave it gave up their chance of tying or winning in the end as well. Yeah, you know the thing about the Raiders, I don't even hate them. I'm literally just indifferent. It's like you just don't really enter my radar you only entered my radar because the Rams were there I don't really care about the Raiders at all <laughs> just not a thing I care about which is probably worse than hatred I'm actually it's worse than hatred I'm just indifferent <laughs> I'm like I don't even have the energy to hate you you're just not a thing gosh if if uh, old man Davis was here boy would he be so mad <laughs> he would he would but he's not it would be Therefore, good. the show goes off. So too bad. <laughs> yeah, <boy>. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Raymond. So let's look ahead. Matt Patricia and those very rough-looking Detroit Lions are coming to San Francisco to Levi Stadium to play our beautiful, God-blessed San Francisco 49ers. Here they come. Now, Raymond, if you were a betting man, what do you think the line is? What do you think the spread is, huh? What's what's the spread? I'd say at minimum seven points. Ooh, damn, Raymond, you're good. The spread right now, as of today, has San Francisco by six. Now, Raymond, here's the question. The question for the first time in the 28th season, 2018 season of the Gold Cast. The question is, Raymond, do you take that bet uh absolutely this is a team that struggles it's very inconsistent they're very consistent at being inconsistent and matt patricia is just going to further perpetuate the detroit lions that we have always known uh, throughout the history of this this franchise that uh has talented individuals and even has a talent this is probably the most talented quarterback they've ever had 
and it's getting squandered by terrible draft picks, um, uh, terrible coaching selections, and bad trades. You know, and not being able to pay the guys that uh, that have you know helped propel your franchise into at least playoff consideration the last few years. So, uh, I, this is a really good opportunity for us to really kind of dominate the game on the ground and the air. I believe, I believe both faucets too. So, and this is another opportunity for we're We're also at home. So it's another opportunity for Fred Warner to do his thing for Buckner to do his thing. And I'd really like to see Armstead and Thomas get into that mix too. And if it, if it result, if it gets into the air, then Witherspoon Ward and uh, Tart have really got to step it up in, in the air because I I think they're great at chasing down uh, players, but um, although sometimes I see the tackles really break down, uh, Coyle's really terrible at tackling. But um, but I'd really like to see more pass deflections and perhaps some interceptions. That would be fantastic. Zero picks last week, so I'd like to see that flip in the other direction with a combination of pass pressure. To, to lead to untimely throws and to see our guys really kind of take advantage of those reads. So I think we win this game. In fact, I think we win it probably by 14 points. I, I take take the over on that. Ooh. Yeah, I like that. I like that. Drace takes the over. I agree. I also believe we win this game. This was in our records when we were putting our records together. This was the first game that I believe we win and uh, I do, I agree. I think we see a 49ers that bounce back and take this game. Now, 49er faithful, Goldcast Nation, what do you think? What do you think about last week's game? Uh, what did you see? What did you like? What did you not like? Let us know. Hop onto YouTube. That's the best place to find us. That is really the popping spot for comments. Uh, it's now week one, so let's get back to it. Let's talk about it. And then what do you expect to happen next week against, this week, against the Detroit Lions? Raymond, before we leave, why don't you let them know, where can they find you? You can find me on Twitter.com at RaySolise. You can also find me on Instagram at RaySolise1. I think think Irish Niner fan is a podcast uh, listener. He actually comments on my Instagram, which is mostly unrelated to our show. But it doesn't matter. I'm still going to engage people there, so I appreciate it. Oh, Irish Niner fans straight up. Yeah, no, Irish Niner fans a huge, huge uh, fan of the pod. Yeah, shout out to him. Thanks for uh, reaching out uh, today. Or, or yesterday, I think it was. Yeah, I think it was yesterday. No, he's great. Loyal fan, all the way from Ireland. Love it. He's the best. Thank you. John Niner, too. Always holding it down on YouTube comments. John Niner's always holding it down. Uh, thank you so much. He's definitely one of the one of our main guys. Huge fan favorite. Love him. He's great. Diehard Niner fan. I really enjoy talking to him. So, Raymond, why don't you let them know where they can find you? You, I uh, just did. Oh yeah, you did just say that. Oh my god. All right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, it's like we're still going through preseason. You, you can find me. Can tell him again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. You can find me on Instagram and Twitter at Instagram at Rudy Solis three on, on Twitter at Rudy Solis three R D Rudy Solis third. So concludes another edition of the Gold Cast. We are the voice of the faithful. I'm your host Rudy Solis the third, and with me is my brother, my co-host Raymond Solis the first baby. Boom. 
We'll see you next time. Same gold cast time, same gold cast channel. This is. This is.